Greetings and welcome to episode 12 of the Universal Freemason podcast. I am your host, J.T. Asher. I'm president and founder of the Universal Freemason Research Society, a non-profit educational organization. We exist to teach Masonic philosophies to the masses as a means to improve society as we all improve ourselves. And what is the first duty of this podcast, you might ask? And you would be right again to give Brother Tyler the night off. If you said that, you are right. Put away your sword, Brother Tyler. Open the door. Let them all in. This podcast is open to anyone who is interested in learning about Masonic philosophies. To in turn kill their own egos and live life to serve others. Okay, once again, I thank you for spending some time listening to this podcast. I'm truly humbled as we approach uh, 900 visits to our quaint little show. I'm hopeful that something is uh, that is read here or said here uh, has made a positive difference in your life. And maybe something said or read here has caused you to explore your own philosophies and and uh, also why you believe in them. Uh, the last episode, we explored the writings of Albert G. Mackey and his exaltation regarding Masonic ceremony, uh, which he referred to as the clothing of a much deeper and complex set of philosophies and teachings. Uh, that we have named Freemasonry. And we make feeble attempts at the Universal Freemason Research Society to peel back the pomp and circumstance of uh, lodge life, and we try to encourage all that uh, have a mind to do so. Uh, We encourage delving into uh, the deeper aspects of Masonic thought and philosophies. As satisfying as learning Masonic ritual is, uh, we feel it's also satisfying, or maybe more so, uh, to absorb the deeper meaning of what this thing we call Freemasonry Freemasonry is all about. It does take more than a lifetime to truly understand Freemasonry. Nobody will ever master all of Freemasonry's beautiful teachings, let alone live those teachings correctly. Uh, And that's thanks to our human imperfections as part of the deal. That brings us to this episode. Uh, This time uh, we're going to explore another paragraph from Manly P. Hall's book, The Lost Keys of Freemasonry, where he writes about the true Masonic Lodge and what the true Masonic Lodge is, which he calls uh, the true Masonic Lodge is a mystery school. And we'll explore that thought after a word from our sponsor, Anchor Podcast App. This is the Universal Freemason Podcast. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, If you have listened uh, to past episodes, you know I love Manly P. Hall's writings. And I hope you will take some time to explore his uh, numerous volumes of work, too. 
you can find many of his lectures on YouTube, as well as free PDF downloads of his books by simply doing an internet search of uh, Manly P. Hall books. Uh, Manly P. Hall was no slouch when it came to writing and lecturing. He stayed very active well into his older years. I, I think he... Uh, I think he died in 1992, and I think he worked, uh, I don't have that biography right in front of me at the moment, but I think he worked pretty pretty solidly for at least a good uh, 40 or 50 years on, on his works. So he has a lot of stuff out there. Uh, I also have bought a few of his books off of eBay, some of his used books, and one of my prized possessions is... Uh, a uh, volume of the Lost Keys of Freemasonry that he actually autographed. And uh, I, I love that. I have that in my own personal collection. Uh, and speaking of the Lost Keys of Freemasonry, so as we mentioned in an earlier podcast called The Eternal Quest, um, Manly P. Hall wrote the Lost Keys of Freemasonry in a very, uh, an almost poetic way. It's... Uh, he addresses uh, esoteric idealism and what Freemasonry is in terms that are that are poetic and really uh, fluid and and they just uh, flow the words just flow and it's almost like reading uh, uh, one of the great works by some of the great poetic authors uh, of the time uh, in, in earlier times it's it's that good I highly recommend it we're going to read a part of that today again. Uh, as we'll read too, now remember, uh, Manly P. Hall viewed Freemasonry as something much more than a means of social networking. Uh, he viewed Freemasonry as a serious life path that when practiced correctly by the individual Freemason, that path will change the individual in deep, meaningful ways. And therefore, it will also change society and the world uh, in the world that we live in, in those same deep and meaningful ways. So let's let's go ahead and read an ex- excerpt from uh, Lost Keys of Freemasonry, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. This is Manly P. Hall from the Lost Keys of Freemasonry. The true Masonic Lodge is a mystery school, a place where candidates are taken out of the follies and foibles of the world, and instructed in the mysteries of life, relationships, and the identity of that germ of spiritual essence within, which is, in truth, the Son of God, beloved of his Father. The Mason views life seriously, realizing that every wasted moment is a lost opportunity and that the omnipotence is gained only through earnestness and endeavor. Above all other relationships, he recognizes the universal brotherhood of every living thing. The symbol of the clasped hands, explained in the lodge, reflects his attitude towards all in the world, for he is the comrade of all created things. He is the comrade of all created things. He realizes also that his spirit is a glowing, gleaming jewel, which he must enshrine 
within a holy temple built by the labor of his hands. The meditation of his heart and the aspiration of his soul. Manly P. Hall from the Lost Keys of Freemasonry. Pretty astounding. What I, as I mentioned, I don't forget, this is a idealistic, really poetic, flowing view of Freemasonry that he writes throughout this book. Uh, and what I love about living a Masonic life is the opportunity Freemason has given me to take a moment and realize that every created thing has a deeper meaning. It has more of a meaning than what we see on the surface. Everything is connected together, and we are all part of that universal connection. Now, Manly P. Hall wrote that Freemasons, quote, recognize the universal brotherhood of every living thing. He also wrote, quote, the Freemason is, quote, the, the comrade of all created things. Let me just say, uh, that's pretty astounding words. Now, if you think about it for a minute, this is why our actions and our thoughts and deeds mean so much. What we do will affect others, and it will affect others down the line in ways that we might not even see, hear, feel. Um, it is a deep vibration that goes across everything. That's uh, an amazing transformation in the soul when you truly realize us, when we all truly realize our place. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to indulge you for a moment. I'm going to get a little personal here. I'm going to uh, share a story regarding um, the realization of the brotherhood and, and sisterhood of every living thing, uh, uh, when, my realization of that. So I grew up with a father who instilled in me a lot of good things when it came to work ethic being an honest human being, and uh, being of service to others. I'd, I'd uh, commonly see him out in his uh, little garage, uh, only heated by a, a little kerosene heater that you, you, you would, your clothes would stink of it when you got back in the house, right? But I would commonly see him out there in the wintertime helping other people. He was a mechanic uh, by trade. Uh, for a living, he worked for General Motors for 30 years on the assembly line. Afterwards, he would work, uh, do his mechanic duties to help people uh, in his garage. They'd come by with bad brakes, and he would give them a good deal and, you know, uh, things like that. So I watched him do that all hours of the day and night um, when he wasn't working um, on the assembly line. <clears throat> One area that he did fall short in, and I will say that uh, all of us fathers fall short, um, God knows I haven't wasn't a perfect father, and this is not to degrade him. But one area that he did fall short in was to help me to understand the importance of a connection with an animal. Now, we had a dog growing up, um, but the way my dad would always uh, kind of instill in me is, you know, that's just a dog and not a person, you know. Or in wildlife, and my dad was kind of like, a, you know, he was kind of a hard kind of a guy sometimes. And, you know, well, that's just a squirrel. Or that's just a turtle. You know, that's just this. That's just, you know, they're just animals. Now, don't treat them like humans. They're just animals. So growing up that way, I existed most of my life 
uh, cringing when people would feed dogs um, human food off their plate. And this was actually a, a bone of contention between me and my wife for a number of years when uh, with her dogs. Uh, something uh, peculiar happened to me. Now, I've mentioned this before, I think in episode one. Uh, I may have mentioned it a few times in uh, prior episodes. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with bladder cancer. Now, we have a small backyard with a covered back porch uh, that me and my wife would spend a good amount of time on. And uh, after my diagnosis and the treatments I went through and the embarrassing checkups, I'd sit out on the porch alone sometimes and just mope and consider my mortality. And I'd write poems and I'd uh, do a whole lot of things uh, uh, I was working to help a Masonic, an online Masonic um, uh, museum and library at the time. You know, I spent a lot of time out there just kind of moping and doing that. And uh, you know, there's a number of pine trees back out there. And there's, there's uh, across the uh, property line towards the back of the yard, uh, there's utility lines that run across the property. There's a utility pole that's just in the center of the yard that's just right off of the property, too. And uh, prior to uh, my diagnosis and everything, I had uh, I used to see squirrels that would run up and down uh, to and fro on those utility lines. And I decided, oh, it would kind of be fun to have squirrels around. And I uh, nailed a squirrel feeder to that utility pole. Now, there was this, after my diagnosis, there was this one particular squirrel that lived in one of the pine trees uh, right on the other side of the fence. And this squirrel would pop his head out when he would hear me whistle or hear the, uh, when I would pour the peanuts in from the cellophane bag that the peanuts came in and make that crinkling noise. And it, that squirrel would pop out of his nest and get right on the utility line, run about 10 feet to the pole that the uh, feeder was connected on. And uh, he'd run down to that feeder and start, uh, you know, uh, storing peanuts in the pine trees. And it was like, it was really cool to watch him. He'd also make our way, uh, his way to the back porch uh, where we would sit on. We had to be really still. He'd come, uh, my wife would be out there while I was at work and, uh, the squirrel would come and find um, half-full peanut bags that I kind of left out there because I'm lazy and didn't take them in the house. But he'd, he'd find those peanut bags. And with my wife sitting there, he would he would get in a peanut bag and eat peanuts out of there. So uh, me and the squirrel, we got to know each other really well. I started to have this connection. When winter time would come, and I'd worry about him in the winter, and I would do everything that I could to make them comfortable. Uh, I bought some alpaca wool from, uh, uh, from eBay <laughs> and, uh, I put it in the, in the feeder box so he could, uh, and he would climb up the nest, uh, climb up with that, with that wool and, and, and put it in his nest. And I did everything I could to try to keep him warm and comfortable. And I noted, you know, as I bonded with that squirrel, I began to let go of a lot of the worries and depression that my cancer diagnosis had brought to me. 
I was serving a creature that needed my help, or, or I thought he did. And I was giving instead of just moping. And I would just look forward to that squirrel, look forward to seeing that squirrel every every day, every day. Every afternoon when I come home at lunchtime, I'd come home from work and I'd feed him then. And it was just um, very meaningful to me. And as I saw the squirrel differently, I began to see uh, our pet dog differently as well. And our cat, who I used to tease, and the cat would barely come to me, I used to, I started to bond with them, and I started having a different relationship with them. And what I started to define is that, and as I read some more of Manly P. Hall's works, uh, Manly P. Hall uh, wrote in, in one of his books, and I can't recall which one just at the moment, but he, he, I think it was in the uh, Secret Teachings of All Ages. Um, and he's, he wrote in those books that um, these creatures and wildlife, even the wind, even the way the wind blows through the trees, everything in nature is an expression of the divine. If we just take a moment to see it, everything in nature is an expression of the divine. If we just take a moment to see it. Now, one day, my squirrel friend, he stopped coming out when I'd whistle. And no matter how much I'd make that cellophane bag crinkle, he was nowhere to be found. And I sat on that back porch and I just cried. And I had not cried in years, but I cried and I hoped that he was okay. And I hoped he was living in someone else's pine tree. I miss him to this day. He took so much of my helpless feelings away from me when I when he'd visit me. He taught me to be a friend to the wild things, and I became a better friend to our dog and cat, too. So here's me who scoffed at feeding a dog human food. I was now making chicken thighs uh, that I would bake for, I would roast for me and my wife every night. I was making her one, too. And she absolutely loved it. It was more fun for me to watch her eat that that, uh, chicken thigh than I would actually enjoy the food myself. So I started to learn this this is meaningful. These creatures are meaningful. The Freemason recognizes the universal brotherhood in every living thing. And the Freemason is a comrade to all. Manly P. Hall wrote, As we realize this, we are deeply touched and our souls are more enriched as we make our path uh, along this life, make our way along our life path. I'm five years cancer-free now. I couldn't have made it without the friendship of that squirrel. And take a minute to think about you you are a comrade to every living thing as a Freemason, Someone who's living a Masonic life is a comrade to every living thing. You know, we are a brother to every living thing. We're a comrade to all. Think about that and try to ponder it as you look around. When you see the, the wind blowing through the tree, remember, that's an expression of the divine. When you see some uh, a flower uh, and the, color, the beautiful colors of flowers in the spring, that's an expression of the divine. When we see, look at the stars and we see the beautiful stars and the moon, that's an expression of the divine. 
take a minute and realize that you too are an expression of the divine and that's how we are brothers and comrades to all of other all other living things we are all expressions of what, what of the divine well with that that's episode 12 thank you for listening i appreciate it uh it means so much to me that you spent your valuable time here you can follow us on twitter at you freemason you can direct message me there as well Instagram is uh, universal underscore Freemason. YouTube, and soon I'm going to be revamping that channel. I keep saying that episode after episode, but I mean it. It will happen just as soon as I get a little bit more free time. Um, I am your host, J.T. Asher. This has been the Universal Freemason Podcast. Go in peace, so mote it be.